like nostalgic movie review from nerdy married man Hello, everybody. We are back. This is New and Nostalgic. I am Stephen McGee. And I'm David Olivier. Welcome. Doing I Am Number Four today. We're reviewing that. Hopefully, you guys watched along with us, came back, and are going to listen to our review of it now. If not, uh, listen to the review. We're going to talk about spoilers at the end. Um, you can listen to those if you want or skip them watch it and then come back and listen to the spoiler review we'll go over all the you know main plot points and give our reviews uh, our score and then we'll we'll break it down into a spoiler section so you guys that haven't seen the movie can enjoy a little taste yeah before we get to the main course um so as we said before this is i am number four came out in 2001 it's pg-13 and it runs an okay. hour and 51 minutes it actually came out in 2011 Oh, did I write that wrong? Did I it, did write that wrong. Yeah, it came out in 2011. Whoops! <laughs> well, oopsie doodles. <laughs> I said 2011. I don't know what you're talking about. Let's see. Yeah, it, it, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, yes, it just came out in 2011. Um, this is a book series. Um, the book series has six main books, five filler books, and then a spinoff series of three books so far as well. Wow, I I only thought they had the one main series, so that, that blows my mind. Is it all written by the same author? Yep, which oh. the author is the interesting part of this book series. Um, the author of the book series is Pitticus Lore. And Pitticus Lore claims to be Lorian and claims this is all real. Claims this all happened. What number? He's before the numbers. Oh, he's before the numbers. So he's not number ten. Hitticus Lore is the best guard that Lorian had. He had a very unique power. One of his legacies is actually the ability to copy any legacies that he's felt and seen. Okay, then. And <laughs> in the good books, for you in the book storyline, <laughs> which it doesn't showcase in the movie at all. One of the ten guard children that showed up on Earth. They actually came down to Earth because this other alien uh, colony, the Magadorians, came and conquered and destroyed their planet. And they sent 10 gifted children that were all going to have legacies from Lorien to come down to Earth and gave them each one protector each. And they put a bunch of chimeras on the ship as well. And they came down to Earth. They all separated and... That's kind of the, the, the gist of the story is that one of these 10 kids is going to uh, accumulate Pitticus Lore's power and become the ultimate guard, the one who is uh, okay. the leader of the guard. Well, that was definitely not expanded upon in the movie no, at all. <laughs> the, the movie depicts it uh, similar, you know, the, the 10 kids or, you know, you said legacy. So the, the, in the movie and in the first three books, they talk about nine kids being brought down. Nine kids and their guardians. And the kids are uh, basically discount X-Men. They yes. eventually, you know, their their powers come into fruition. And it's it's interesting. And they are not discount X-Men. They are they would be Omega level X-Men. Some of these would be. Maybe. No, some, no, no. <laughs> not, not the movie versions. The book versions. Some of these are Omega level mutants. Like, okay, okay. The, maybe the, I haven't read the book. <laughs> like, uh, trust me, I will go into some of their powers later. You see three, four, and six in this movie. Uh, I guess we should go over the plot synopsis and stuff, and then I'll go more about the movie. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. <laughs> back it up. Real back, real back. 
Do you want to read the synopsis this time? Yeah, sure. All right. So aliens and their guardians are hiding on Earth from intergalactic bounty hunters. They can only be killed in numerical order. And number four is next on the list. This is his story. I hate this synopsis for one reason. They never in the entire movie explain that they have to be killed in numerical order. Uh, really? I thought they did. I don't think they did. I thought there was a little excerpt. Maybe I missed it, but I thought that it did mention they had to be killed. In well, because like but... I know he said like one and two or one and two and three are dead, and I am number four. He said I'm next. And he yeah, says, I'm next. <laughs> but he does like it. That's the only explanation there is. He just says I'm next. But yeah, about a like between the five and ten minute mark, he does say I am number four. I was like, oh, that's the title <laughs> of the movie. Whoa, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> but um. So there actually is a Lorian protection spell put on all of the kids mm-hmm. and they're they're marked with this token that's on their necklace and it gets burned onto the flesh of all the others when they die. Yep. Um, but they are given numbers and that's their name. So they're, they are just one through nine is their names. And then they go by different Earth names that they accumulate or when they move, they switch names all the time. Number four is John Smith after he moves after he moves in this movie. So they actually have to be killed in that order. And the Mogadorians in the books, they actually capture some of the numbers, but they can't do anything to them. And they keep trying to kill them, kind of hold on to them until and they can kill them. What happens is, is when a Mogadorian would go to stab, like, like say they captured number five, they stab number five, they would die. Like the person who stabbed him would get stabbed. I feel like that concept could have been explored in the movie. That would have been nice to know. If if six got shot in the movie at all. Man, that would have been so interesting. That would have been a really like like a comeback. Like who cares? (laughs) Like seriously, she could be a human wrecking ball because she can't bullet sponge. Come on. (laughs) She, Um, She is the literal version of being you know rubber and the enemies are glue pretty much <laughs> um which they do end up breaking the the protection spell later on in the book series but that protection sp- oh when they all come together the protections broke so as long as they stayed apart they couldn't be killed in they can only be killed in order but as if they came together the protection spell is broken ah teamwork yes <laughs> so uh cast for this movie i already said alex pettifer he plays number four um, we have Timothy Oliphant, who plays his protector, which is Henry. Um, we have Diana Argon. I think it's Agron. Agron, whatever. <laughs> she actually was in Glee. She plays Sarah. Um, we have Teresa Palmer, who plays Six. Callian, I can't think of how to say his name, plays Sam. And then we have Kevin Durand, who plays the Mog Commander, which Kevin Durand is the blob. From the X-Men movies. Yeah, well, and uh, during that time period, if you had a movie that had a uh, specific villain type in it, it was Kevin Durand. Yep. You could, he, he played, I think, this character called Michael, who was some sort of like beast character in a in the Jessica Alba show Dark Angel. <laughs> he, uh, he, he definitely is a pretty good typecast as a villain most of the time. And uh, Timothy Oliphant is one of the most underrated actors, in my opinion. Oh, phenomenal actor. And he does a really good job as Henry. Oh, yeah. Um, which... We'll talk about later, but his character definitely is lacking in the movie. Yes, um, I will say as far as like being a person who is a huge fan of the books and read all the books, the casting for this movie is perfect. It's OK. It is perfect. I cannot think of a better casting choices for some of these people. 
I thought Sam was a little off at first. Towards the end well, of the movie, he, I started really liking Sam a lot more. I heard, uh, doing a little research, I didn't do a lot in the books, but apparently Sam was supposed to be a little bit more nerdy than the movie let Way off. He's, apparently he wears glasses in the book. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he's, he's definitely... I mean, it's one of those teen drama book movies where, you know, all the characters, that they look cooler and sexier than you know their book counterparts probably were described yeah one of the things i put that i hated about this movie is sam isn't a skateboarder i hate movies that make nerds ride skateboards like they did that with amazing spider-man with andrew garfield let's have peter parker being on a skateboard no peter parker's never touched a skateboard in his life it's it's (laughs) one of those making the character i guess associating something cool with being nerdy well, and i'm like which how, i mean being a nerd is cool but how is skateboarding nerdy in any way shape or form nerdy is not athletic it ever <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you talk about a nerd and if you talk about a nerd doing anything sports it's track and field or cross country i have never heard of a nerd football player like there are some people that are football players that are a little nerdy but you don't typically get a nerd who's a football player. <laughs> Most of the time. Most of the time. I'm not saying it's impossible, but like, come on. It's, it's when did skateboarding become a nerd thing? I, I, I just hate that. And a lot of movies have been doing that recently. I can understand that. Well, I mean, they're trying to show these kids as losers and, <laughs> you know, yeah, especially in that time, you know, skateboarding was seen as really cool. So it is kind of weird showing them skateboard like you know being tony hawk and then you know they're supposed to be lame nerds <laughs> rotten tomatoes score for this movie actually is critic score of a 33 percent and an audience score of 57 percent. so we got another big giant jump in between 24 percent difference on these i can definitely tell why this got bad critic scores I can definitely tell why it's mostly not fully liked there are some things about this movie that are just not the greatest, but there are some still some really good shit in this movie. All right. Well, uh, should we get into uh, much of the highlights or? Uh, we can get into some of the highlights. All right. I'll agree. Earlier, uh, Stephen talked about the casting is perfect. And, you know, I I really did enjoy all the casting choices. I thought they uh, did as best as they could with the material they were given. One of the highlights I liked was uh, the opening movie. Or opening scene. Oh, yeah. The opening in the jungle. Yeah, the, this whole scene where th- three is running away from the Mogadorians. I uh, I keep wanting to say Mongolians. <laughs> so I just that's that's what I said the whole time I was um, watching that movie. And, which, and my wife was just like, they're not Mongolians. <laughs> but, uh, you know, whatever. But no, it's a, the opening scene is it's very interesting. It really pulls you in. And apparently that opening scene was pretty close to how the book depicted that was apparently it was like honestly that was the probably the best transcribing that scene over into a movie that was just like i couldn't say that they did anything wrong in that scene honestly uh the one thing those beasts that are chasing him those are called pikin that's never established in the movie (laughs) i wish they would have said it like none of the mogadorians actually ever said the name of the creatures or anything honestly a lot of information that is vital like that is never yeah, really depicted in the movie. They they talked about the Mogadorians plenty. At the same time, you also don't know who the Mogadorians are. Well, like, and one of the big problems too is Kevin Durant's character in this movie. 
they're portraying him. He's in the credits as a Mogadorian commander, but he acts and does all the same shit that the main Mogadorian leader does. And it really pisses me off because I'm like, you are not saying that he's Cetricus Ra. <laughs> Cetricus Ra is the main bad Mogadorian, the leader Mogadorian, and he is the one who always kills the guards. And he's always the one who takes their pendant and has an, all of their pendants on his neck of all the, the Lorians he's killed. So they're trying to. So they didn't say his- he was Cetricus Ra. And they didn't like he's not listed as Cetricus Raw, I mean, but they made him do all the things that Cetricus Raw does. Well, and honestly, they never even I, I don't think I ever heard that. They never name said the name in the movie. Either. So like, I was like, ah, oh, that name doesn't actually appear in the first the book. So I was OK with that. So it sounds like they were trying to set up. Yes. OK. And honestly, I, I liked his acting. Kevin Durand did such a good job and you could tell he was probably having a lot of fun with the role, oh, which yeah. I like. Apparently, some of the stuff he did in the movie didn't happen in the book, but no, yeah. appara- it looked like he was having a lot of fun, really good time. So I I dug that. Honestly, like the the first book doesn't give a lot of details either. A lot of the bigger details don't come until later in the series. The first book is literally just like the, this first movie is you're jumping in to this entire story at number four. Like you're jumping into three's death and then four, you don't get to hear about one or two until like book four and five. I was curious about why it was starting with number four. And like he said, it throws you right in the middle of the conflict. Yeah. It's it's um, kind of jarring. At like this kind of stuff, which I'll talk more about that when we talk about the movie and spoilers. And I'll talk about some of the differences. Um, obviously, there's some great things. There's some terrible things like they do not do their powers justice. They gave them the wrong powers. Oh, I, I did hear that some of the powers, uh, uh, specifically one of the powers that six has uh, is supposed to be number four's power. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. y- yep. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about that. Oh, yeah. Let's let's oh, a lot I'm, of the I'm, downfalls I'm and highlights are spoiler territory. So uh, why don't we go into uh, our score? I gave this movie a sixty-two, um, slightly higher than the audience score, way higher than the critics score. I still enjoy this movie. I still think that's got some good action. It's got some good teen drama kind of shit. I don't I'm a sucker for teen drama romance stuff and I think the chemistry of the characters together is phenomenal. Especially Alice Pettifer with Timothy Oliphant and Diana Argon or Agron or whatever her name is. Like that those three, like the chemistry between those three are fantastic. Especially depictions of them in the book of how much like he just immediately fell in love with her, basically imprinted on her. <laughs> That's they they definitely have good chemistry together. I think they work well together and you could tell that they had fun. Yeah. So I, I definitely think like casting wise, um effects wise, like the effects still kinda looks good. I didn't like the, some of their powers and the way they messed up some of their powers, but the effects still looked good. Like the scenes where he's using his telekinesis against like the cops. Oh yeah. For, for 2011, especially like, yeah, the effects are, they are not bad. They're, they're, those are pretty good. I, I give credit to the visual effects artists. Um, which I, I mean, really liked the Pikins, the monsters, the Mogadorian looks were really great. Yeah. Um, Bernie Kosar that he did so good with Bernie Kosar. Oh yeah. He's yeah. one of my all time favorite characters. Um, you find out, um, I guess it's kind of spoiler territory, but you find out he's a chimera. He's actually in almost every movie scene, but he's like in the background, like at the beginning, he's a lizard. Yep. He or a uh, gecko. sneaks onto the, the Jeep as they're leaving. Uh-huh. And then he transforms into a uh, beagle. <laughs> the, 
cute little pupper. Yep. And he gets the name Bernie Kosar. And this is a good depiction of the book, actually, because they move into that house that has a Bernie Kosar poster and he names the dog Bernie Kosar after the famous quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, pretty funny because Henry's character mentions Bernie Kosar and there's the giant poster on the wall and he goes, yeah, he played football. <laughs> and I was like, really? <laughs> you sure he played football? At- looks like hockey to me it definitely did which is funny when uh we were getting our dog gwen uh where there was we were between one other dog and her and we almost got a dog and if we got that other dog i would have named it bernie kozar oh really yeah (laughs) that's cute that's adorable so you'd do a 62 percent yeah i'd probably give it you can be hard (laughs) see i'm probably closer to like 51 51 all right i just i think it it was a fun movie it's it's a good time uh but it it's a movie it's got flaws (laughs) it's it's flaws kind of way more on me where i'm like you know i'm uh i don't know if i would say hey guys you want to come over and watch i am number four you know it's you know it's a fun movie you know it is in my opinion one of the better movies of the teenage drama movies based yes. off of books, like, you know, hunger games and stuff. Like I would rate this movie so much higher than twilight. I would rate it higher than twilight, higher than divergent. Probably would rate it. Like if we're talking individual movies, like especially first movies in the franchises, I might rate this higher than Harry Potter. Um, I disagree. <laughs> I, I'm just not always, I'm not, I haven't been the biggest fan of Harry Potter like I've seen all the movies once and I didn't see them until I was 23 or something you know, I'd say Harry Potter like the movies as far as first movies in the franchise I'd say Harry Potter and Hunger Games are better yeah uh, definitely I definitely put Hunger Games as one of my my top movies but like this is better than Aragon this is better than a lot of those other like really shitty ones well the Aragon's just an unfortunate this is better than Ender's Game this is better I than... never saw Ender's Game this is right in the middle for me like and honestly as someone who read all the books and I can I can shred the <laughs> out of this movie if I really wanted to <laughs> but I still enjoy it like the casting is so perfect to me that's what takes this movie to the new, next level for me that's why I give it the rating it is it's the casting for me it's nothing but the casting choices casting choices did well yeah I don't know if there's really anything else besides like some of the spoilery stuff so now we'll enter spoiler zone bum, 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 bum. alright <laughs> as far as highlights in the spoiler zone uh, I definitely think the ending fight at the school was fun I, I really enjoyed it. I know it's, I don't know. I thought it was fun. I, I, I showed Jim this movie or she had seen it before. I showed it to her again. And then I, I actually um, had her read the first book and she's like, that high school fight was bullshit compared to the book. I was like, you don't even know. I did hear the book did it much better. And when I was reading on it, apparently one of the characters uh, had a much bigger role in the movie. That would be the bully character. Yes. In the movie, before the school fight happens, he just gets slammed into the window, and then he's out for the rest of the fight. Apparently, he actually has a really good character development change oh, yeah. and becomes bigger in the story. And it kind of that's one of the downfalls for me, especially that character. I forget his name. Mark Jacobs. Mark Jacobs. He just has such a 180 turnaround because they did not explore his character in the movie. Yeah, and he's I mean, just they- a bully. And then at the end of the movie, he's like, hey, I'm on your side. All right. I'll, I, 
I get it. They're the bad guys. They killed my dad. Uh, or they didn't kill my dad, but they, they injured my dad. They injured me. Yeah. I can probably tell they're after you. I can see why you were the way you were. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll watch over Sarah for you. <laughs> yeah. So the fight itself, it was fun. It, uh, you know, watching, fun. Uh, watching John's character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the chimera was really cool. And then the watching uh, number four use his force powers against some of the, what they're called Pike. Piken. Pikens. Yeah. That that was just really cool. You know, stops its head and it throws it into a oh, wall. When he like when he's running through that hallway, he does that three uh, like one eighty turnaround and slams every uh, all the lockers, lockers into the pike in. <laughs> and then yeah, he's just it does look like the force where he's like just grabbing its head yeah. and then boom. Every single of the guard all has enhanced movement, enhanced agility, enhanced strength, enhanced speed, and okay. they all have that. And then each one of them has their own individual powers. And then one of them becomes the successor of Pitticus lore and can learn all the powers, which surprise, surprise, big spoilers for the book. Don't listen. If you don't want to know four is the successor. of four is the six. And uh, so, and as far as the powers with number four, you know, he has the speed agility. He has the force powers. Um, and then he has these flashlight hand powers. Lumen. The, and called. apparently um, it has more, you know, he can use it to kind of block energy. And apparently in the books, tell me if I'm wrong, he can also use that power to be resistant to fire. So one of his powers is he is fire resistant. And apparently yes. number six has that power in the movie. Yes, she does have that power in the movie. And there's a scene where she blocks an explosion blast. And I'm like, um, so four's power with his lumen. Uh, so it is light casting of a strand, but it also casts heat as well as the light because light produces heat. Mm-hmm. He can actually turn that into fireballs. Oh, that's really neat. They in the movie they basically make it a glorified flashlight slash flashbang. It's like the beam then, rifle from Halo. <laughs> and, then, and, and then there's one part in the movie where like you could tell he has some sort of heat or mm-hmm. energy where he heats up one of the grenades on the Mogadorian's belts yeah. to blow it up. Well, but, and when he first is using his power, he puts his hand and starts boiling the water in the janitor's closet. Okay. He's yeah. getting all hot and sweaty too. So you, you can tell it's a heat thing. Yeah. There a little bit. They give kind of clues to that. But yeah, in the books, he actually creates and throws fireballs. See that? That's much cooler than the way the movie does. And his actual his first power that actually showed up, because um, some of these kids have more than one power. So in the book, the first power that shows up is he's got a power to be able to speak to animals. What? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. that obviously wasn't in the movie. And because Bernie Kosar is always with him, he can actually communicate with Bernie Kosar. As far as training scenes go, there really isn't one. There's a scene where four is kind of just, ex- he's exploring his powers a little bit, like jumping off a waterfall and doing stuff. And he has a, a kind of fun moment where like he gets excited and like fist pumps and realizes he has the force power and blows up a light. But as far as training, there is really no training scene. And I, I, mean, I wish Henry would have trained him. Cause Henry does train him in the book. Okay. And, and there is some, so there's a scene in the book where like when he starts getting his telekinesis, instead of having that fight with him where he like throws him up against the wall, he's like, yeah, I could do that now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really dumb. It's really lame. Yeah. It's so stupid. But in the book, he actually Henry's like uh, throwing fastballs like at his face and like, stop it. 
with your mind like wow <laughs> i wish we had a training scene yeah uh, like because and they have the, uh, they have one baseball thing in it where he throws the baseball into the atmosphere in the movie and i was like that's what you took from that that's this it the entire training montage with baseballs you just have them throw one into the atmosphere so training needs to be worked on i also going into downfalls i feel like the pacing of the movie was lacking yeah and it definitely was like it, it, it kind of jumps all over the place yeah. and one thing i think could have helped is there's a scene with number six being introduced and it, you don't really learn who number six is. No, but number six is just shown going through the original house that four and Henry were in before they moved yeah. and it's out of place. And I feel like that scene could have been just a line when she shows up at the movie. She could have just said, like, I've been doing research and I've been following you trying to mm -hmm. catch up. You know, it, I just feel like that scene was really unnecessary and just kind of out of place. I, I hated what they did with six. I love Teresa Palmer at six. Teresa Palmer at six. Uh, she plays such a good badass and six is the most badass, like in your face. Like I don't kill everybody kind of character. She actually loses her protector. Yep. Early mm -hmm. on. And but her protector trained her to fight instantly, like, and she was way more attuned to fighting than any of the other guard were. A lot of the other guards tried to give them normal lives. Her protector's like, no, you need to learn how to kill Mogadorians. See, and I wish they portrayed that in the movie, or at least explained it, which I mean, they might have been going for in the sequels. Yeah, but it is cool seeing her power. She has like a. A teleport power she's basically a no. ninja that can teleport and i don't know if it's like that in the book but in the movie she's like yeah i can know, you want to know what her power is <laughs> well so like i said all guard have the enhancements yep. abilities all guards also have telekinesis okay here's her two powers in the book she can turn invisible okay which which i guess that's i think is the what they were thing. trying to do for her invisibility but they made it seem like she's going way faster like teleporting wise in the movie and then she has another power called Sturma, which is she's able to manipulate the four basic elements. She's King Avatar. She's <laughs> See, and I wish they did that in the movie. Like, I, like, I feel like they took some creative the, liberties. The biggest thing that she does in the books, she's basically Storm. That's she cool. causes like all these giant like rain clouds and shooting lightning and causing tornadoes to come up. And like the high school fight, like she goes balls to the walls, like just killing Mogadorians with lightning huh? and shit and like oh they destroy the they, most of the high school in the book I'm pretty sure like Henry's death happens in the high school fight in the book I was wondering because Henry he's in the movie he's kind of a guardian and uh, you know instead of training him he's more like ah just hide your powers you know just be it be it and then he he dies he's way more <laughs> of a father figure in the book series okay. and his death is way more like I cried in the books when Henry died. I did not really the have movie that. tried to make it a dramatic scene and it, it fell flat and they did that that trap with the uh, alien writers actually was in the books. OK, all right. So that was in the books. The high school fight was in the books. All the things with Mark Jacobs, all the things with Sarah were in the books like the, a lot of the depictions of it. Um, Malcolm. Uh, Sam's dad being someone who helped Lorian's before is, is in actually books? in the books. There's um, a really interesting twist there. <laughs> yeah, which you find out like Malcolm had a lab inside his like place that he worked in the mine of like some like Lorian stuff. Um, there's also he had a secret lab in under his backyard 
Oh, that's neat. Nothing go back to okay. in a later book. So, like, at the end of the movie, Sam's like, I bet my dad might have been captured. And Four's like, eh, your dad's probably dead. He actually is captured by the Magadorians. And Sam does get to meet his dad later on. See, and the, it's, it's plot points like that that I do wish, even though the movie did not do as well as it could have. Yeah. I do wish there was a sequel, or at least a couple, so that we could learn more about these characters. Because it definitely is a great premise. It's yeah. fun. I mean, the movie... It leaves out a lot of plot points and it makes it feel like it is just a by the numbers. It's very predictable. It is a high school drama action movie. Yeah, it is. You you can guess what's going to happen before it happens, minus maybe a couple things. And yeah, the other part that I consider a downfall, but it is a funny downfall, is the introduction of number four. When the first time you see him, oh, it is God. just this cheesy. He's on a jet ski <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm cool. And he does like a backflip on it. And it's just. You know, just the typical teenage drama, you know, rock music playing along. And he's like, I'm cool. And it was so stupid. Like it's it was a weird intro. They they could have uh, done that much better. Yeah. But which there was like there was a thing where he did like three died while he's around other people. So that was a depiction in the books. And I thought that was a good scene. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're having a beach party and he's uh, in the water hanging out with this girl that he's interested in. And then all of a sudden his leg starts glowing. And you know, one of the symbols from number three is getting burned into his leg. It's, it's a cool scene. The thing that threw me off and I'm sure it happens in the book, but the, the, the glowing and, the girl freaks out and she calls him a freak yeah. and is just like making fun of him. And I'm like, I don't know if that would actually like, I can understand her getting a little worked up by it, but I at the same like, time I'd be like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, I think they're trying to say that like that ritzy hot girl kind of girl would react. Like as soon as they see something a little bit out of the norm, they're going to react like, Oh, you're just a freak. I don't want to be involved with you. Yeah. I can see that. Um, they do a good job too of when one of them dies, they all get the mark and they all see the death. Yeah, that that is depicted in the movie, and I feel, I feel like mm-hmm. that's done pretty well. One of the things that I thought was funny, and this is a trope that I've been noticing in a lot of movies that try to do like action or horror. There's every time they go to a school and have a fight in the school, whether it's a, a horror movie or whatever, there's always a janitor buffing the floor, and they look <laughs> at the janitor, <laughs> and then they when they go back to the hallway to see what that noise was. The janitor's dead and the buffers is spreading blood all over the floor. Oh, and I'm like, it's, it's so, in so many movies. Camera pans, pans back, <laughs> and then it's yeah, just the 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 buffing of the blood on the floor. And it's just it's so funny. And then another one that I hated the power wise, but I love this line. This is my favorite line in the movie. Is there the scene where four and six at the high school fight, they're fighting um the Magadorians, and she's like, hit me with your lumen to charge me up. And he hits her with the lumen. And she's like, oh, yeah, Red Bulls for pussies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did think that was really funny. I was like, God damn it. I just laughed so hard. I was like, why? It was it was pretty great. Uh, is there anything else that uh, you liked or disliked about the film? Or should we move into fun facts? Um, Bernie Kozar getting injured like he did fighting the pike in, uh, in the book. Four actually saves Bernie Kosar from that pike in on the field. 
I was wondering, it's it's bizarre in the movie because he gets injured and he just lies down for a while and then, and then apparently four forgets about him. Mm-hmm. And Bernie Kosar shows up in the last, you know, here comes my beagle, shows up out of nowhere, and number four's like, oh, cool, oh, you're still alive. here? Wow, yeah. I, I, he no, just forgets he, about he him. He cared the out of him in the book. And he actually, like, that pike and fight that he had in the hallway that's should have happened outside of the school and it should have been on the football field and he should have been fighting him there. And then I think after he saves him and I could be remembering this song, it's been a while since I've read the book, but this is where Henry dies. Actually like Henry comes running towards him and he gets shot by a mog laser and it hits him like gut and it like rips a hole through his like that is gut. and it, it, it's, it's gut wrenching, man. It's so like, what though? Like he's been fighting for his life against this entire like Margadorian squadron with all these pike in and him and six are going ham on everybody and like trying to save everyone's life. And then Henry just gets shot out of nowhere. And it's like, so it sounds like the book is, uh, much more exciting at the end. Oh, and it sounds so like it's also more devastating because yes. the, the, the movie, like this ending fight scene on the football field, there's, there's minor destruction, minor casualties, like yeah. basically none. And then it's like, it's played off as happy-go-lucky. Yeah. We, we won. Yippee. Let's, you know, well, go on I, our next adventure. I guess I do like that they actually got dusted. Everyone who died in Magadorian and Lorian got dusted in the movies, too. Like, their bodies do disintegrate. Does their clothing disintegrate? In the movie, they kind of dust away. And it, it's very, it reminds me of, like, uh, Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> the dusting. The, the yeah. snap. The, everything just... <sighs> And I was just, uh, while I was doing research for the movie, I was listening to someone talk about it. And this person was wondering, you know, what if they dusted away and it did more of like how when a Jedi dies in Star Wars, the clothing just kind of sinks down and the body disappears. That, I mean, I, 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 I feel like that might have been more dramatic. Too. Um, I, I think it just gets rid of like all, every trace of them. Which I, that's, it, it's an interesting concept and I, I'm all for it. But, uh, I, I definitely like agree with that take. Like it could have been more dramatic that way. Um, but I, the only reason I'm saying that is because I'm, I'm just a little salty about the death of Henry in the movie. Cause I just, I feel like it did not have any feeling to it. No, I know we already talked about yeah, it, it it's, but it's it was bad. just, it was not done well. And plus, I mean, I feel like they wasted Timothy Oliphant. He's yeah. just, He's so good, and he just didn't get as much screen time as I would have hoped. Of all, like, of the characters that needed more things done with him, it was Henry and Mark Jacobs. Those two characters needed to be put more into the limelight and have more of a role, and they needed to really accentuate that last high school battle. Because that last high school battle is the, the, the basically the book, like that. It, that high school battle is what sets them off on their adventure. And they, they end the book the same or they move it the same way. The book ends where they they get an image of where everyone's at all the other guard. Okay. And they go out and seek to find the others because all the guards tells them, which some guards are in like, I think one's in Spain, one's in New York, one's somewhere else. One's in like Brazil, one's in India, all over the world, all over the world. And they all have different powers. Like one of them, can transform to any animal. That's cool. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about with it? Um, uh, maybe some fun facts. Go for what it. What do we got? Uh, so the movie was marketed as a Twilight for boys uh, to recreate <laughs> oh, the success. It was marketed that way. This is. Um, oh, that's so sad. But, uh, 
couple fun things I uh, did some research into is the executive producer, uh, Steven Spielberg. Uh, oh, he's, God. He was apparently a fan of Glee, a huge fan of Glee. And he actually pictured Diana, was it Agron? Yeah, as Sarah. To be Sarah. And he wasn't sure what was going to happen. But by chance encounter, they met in oh, person nice. by accident and she ended up becoming a part of the movie but apparently steven spielberg is a huge fan of glee so i like Dude, that seriously though like every description i ever saw on sarah in the entire books like when i saw diana argon was playing sarah i was like perfect perf, huh perf. So, like i wouldn't pick anyone else so in ever <laughs> uh, going off of that like diana so apparently diana who's sarah and alex who is number four they dated yes. while they were filming yeah. and apparently the day after the movie got released into theaters they broke up yeah I heard which about is that sad too. i mean you, you hear about that a lot in movies when actors and actresses you know date each other mm-hmm. while filming and it, you know sometimes helps with the chemistry but it's like I don't know. I think it would have been cool if they ended up together. And the thing that sucks is like, I think Alex Pettifer is actually a decent actor, but he's in so many bad movies. Like he's in yeah. the modern remake of uh, Beauty and the Beast. Beastly. With Vanessa Hudgens and Neil Patrick Harris and uh, Mary Kate Ashley Olsen. <laughs> that's a movie. Yeah. It's like, it's got a 4%, I think on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> generous. That's very generous. Um, but yeah, those were some of the fun facts I read into, and I just I thought it was really cool, especially the thing about Steven Spielberg. Yeah, most of my fun facts are basically just about the book series, which, like I said, I could go into way more details, but I feel like I've already gone into too much. <laughs> <laughs> so that is I Am Number Four. Tell us what you think about it, uh, and if you guys have any ideas of what movies you would like us to review, why don't you leave that in the comments? Yeah, you know, if, if you want us to talk about something, interact with us. We would love to do that. Yeah. Talk to us. <laughs> um, so, yes, next week, our movie is going to be Thor Love and Thunder. We're going for a new movie. Yes, which obviously you can't stream anywhere. I don't know if it's still in theaters. It might be in some theaters still. As of right now, it is still in theaters. I imagine they're probably going to do a similar thing like they did with Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, where three about three months after the movie is out in theaters, it's they're probably going to put it on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. So if you don't want to go to theaters to see it, wait for it to be on Disney+. Plus. But that's what we're going to be talking about next week. We'll enjoy that time together. Bye! Have a good one! <laughs>